Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios, coming to you from Comic-Con. You're listening to the Annie Gamers Podcast. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, February 8th, and we are podcasting from the New York Comic-Con. Yeah. Live. Mm-hmm. Everybody introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm uh, Kate. I'm Narutaki on Diversity. I'm Scott Bonshaling of AnimeAlmanac.com. Uh, I'm Alan uh, from, uh, who is also known as Kiswi from ReverseThieves.com. Hi, I'm Greg and I don't have credentials. <laughs> <laughs> Greg is our special guest. Yes. He has a making, magic... a, making a second appearance on the Annie Gamers podcast. He has a magical murder bag. He's <laughs> our second appearance, too. Oh, that's true. So me, too. So, a lot of us. This is my, like, 12th appearance on <laughs> <laughs> podcast. I would hope so. So, um, how about just describe uh, what you thought of the con so far? I mean, it's Sunday, so... It's yeah, con is practically... Con. It's over at this point, really. Uh, really? I, it's so packed, though, for yeah. Sunday because of the Joss Whedon... Oh, yeah. deal, you know, there was a lot more people than I expected today. When I was in the dealer's room, it was much better than Saturday. Saturday, you had to sort of wade through a sea of people to get anywhere. The exhibitor's hall was not fun. Yeah, and uh, I want to count out those diehard reading fans, because, uh, what do you call it? They, you know, they'll trade smaller members of their fingers to, uh, you know, see his work. So <laughs> That's probably the longest line I've seen for anything here. Except for obviously the exhibitor stall. Right. Yeah. Well, are we really surprised though? I mean, I think as soon as we heard John Freeman was going to be here, we know that that was going to be a pretty big uh, deal. Oh, and we are giant. I just tweeted that I was going to be here. <laughs> now I have to do it. We're joined by Bridget Alverson from the Manga Blog. Hey, everyone. So we were just talking about what everyone's opinions were of the con so far. I think huge would probably be yeah. <laughs> the biggest impression of this con. Yeah, this is my first year. Except Friday. Yeah, Friday was Friday's always lax. a quiet day. Saturday's always the big day, and my question was, was it going to be wall-to-wall? Um, and it was. Yeah. I mean, I think people are estimating around 70000 for the weekend as a whole, up somewhat from last year. The fact that it sold out Saturday and Sunday is significant. And I'm sure you had the same problem I did coming here. There's into the, a huge into the long line yeah. Yeah. wrapped around the IGN theater. I think in a way yeah. it's a good deal because, yeah, you have to pay to get in, um, but then you get to see all this cool stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Plus, I feel at almost any other con except for maybe San Diego Comic-Con, if you had Kaiko and Gabe, or if you had Josh Whedon, or if you had... Um, uh, Sakurai. Yeah, that would, that would be the, your guest. But each yeah. one of those guys who is a headliner is here. They each as, pretty much had their own day. Yeah, they their, kind of devoted and they split yeah. it up, which was good. But also, I mean, it, it, selling out was great, but at the same time, it wasn't that bad on Saturday because they had they've moved the panels from like it, last year they were on the complete opposite side. Now they're in the uh, hallway that they use for New York Anime Festival. It's got a little bit more space for lines and things like that because last year they had to close the panel area for Fire Hazard and it was crazy, you know. So much better crowd control going around this time. Um, 
I have this one picture that I took of Comic Con last year. It was in, it's comically insane. Just a sea comically. of <laughs> just a sea of faces and crammed into this like hallway. Really, you did not see that this year. Lines were organized. Um, people had their stuff together. Much better organization this time around. Uh, I will mention that um, the robot chicken panel line was horrible. <laughs> Like, they eventually cleaned it up for when uh, they did the Venture Brother panels, but basically there was no line. It was just a mass of people trying to get into the door, and yeah, that was kind of a nightmare. Actually, uh, I think all of us, except for Bridget, were at the Funimation panel. Were you there? No, I don't do anime. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, you guys saw the line for that, right? That was... Those oh, yeah. yes. oh no! I am. Oh, the Funimation panel. Yeah, Funimation right. panel. Right. And I mean, they weren't even so, giving anything away. Well, that's when everybody <laughs> left when they realized that. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, goodies. And uh, actually, I, I found a bit of a problem with the scheduling, and some of the stuff was just. Um, I mean, I guess it's a blessing and a curse. Some of them were right on top of each other, which what? is a problem. There, there was only there was only one conflict yeah. actually. That it was a Funimation and a CMX panel, which. Um, but for the most part, they did line up all the I, industry yeah, panels sort of in a row like for Saturday, which was really not, which was really good on their part. Um, but actually, today, um, I mean, this wouldn't affect people who only do manga, like Bridget. But um, there was the uh, the Astro Boy thing. I think we just missed that it was going on overlapped with the Viz panel. Mm. So for anybody who covers anime and manga and wanted to check out the Astro Boy, uh, the clips from Astro Boy they were showing. You wouldn't be able to do that. I think the case with any con that you can't do everything that you want to. There's just yeah. there's always that damn time. Uh, it's like a giant smorgasbord. You walk mm -hmm. in and there's so many things you want to do, mm -hmm. and, and yet time is finite. I right. and especially at Comic Con, like at least for somebody like me, like I read American comics, I read Japanese oh. comics, I read, you know, I yeah. watch anime. It's like I read sci-fi. It's it's just there. I never get to do everything, especially if your you know your geekery is so broad. Next year, <laughs> I think I I think I might have went to most like three or four anime things the whole con. I spent my time doing uh, completely other stuff for the rest of the con. So, what was everybody's favorite announcement from any sort of? Well, let, let's talk a little bit about like just the industry stuff that has right. happened. Like, um, we start we start off like the beginning of on Thursday with the ICV two conference. Yeah, I wasn't there. And. But what was the big, what was the downer is that the um, manga industry is finally on the decline, um, and that was they, they started actually monitoring things since two thousand one, and it just kept on going up and up and up, and finally last year was the only time it finally went down, back to two thousand five numbers. And yet there seems to be some optimism. I think what we've, what we've seen anyway, and we're seeing a little bit of it here, is that the lines are trimming the number of books that they're doing, which might not be an entirely bad thing, because for a while it was like a fire hose, you know, spewing them out. And if they can still turn a profit with the books that they're making, if they can still do some nice books, I think we saw some great announcements this weekend, which really reinforced the fact that, that manga is very much of a going business. And in a way that they're expanding the line up and down. I mean, one of the things I was seeing and kids' comics are a special interest of mine, so I was noticing more all-ages things, the Miyazaki film books, some of the, the things yeah, that Viz was talking about, and at the same time expanding the age range upward so that those people who don't usually read manga but will read something like Tekon Kincrete or Solonin 
they got a treat too. Yeah, I was really impressed with the new licenses for Fizz with their yeah. that was awesome. That was really, really amazing. Yeah. Just very obscure. It's like they've suddenly going full tilt into that signature line. You know what's funny? There was a lot of Jose stuff that wasn't smutty Jose stuff. It was kind yeah. of I'm I'm sure that one or two of those Jose titles might have sex in them because it's just Jose, but they didn't seem sex centric. They kind of seemed almost like salary woman manga. Yeah. And um, I remember somebody complaining uh, just recently at the con that uh, was in a Gia that basically she felt like all the Jose that was coming out was horribly, horribly, basically porn Jose mm -hmm. and one or two random uh, outlying Jose titles that they usually market as shoujo. Yeah, what Viz just licensed was Butterflies, Flowers, I believe is the title. Yeah, and that's a an office manga. And there was another one. Was there? Uh, that one's yeah. actually pretty... Sex. Okay. <laughs> but is like, how do I say that? There's a lot of Saucy. Saucy. That's good. There you go. But is it, is it primarily... I only heard it from Kohaku. Uh, okay. I believe Kohaku's porn uh, judgments. So, how about the what I think would probably be the biggest manga announcement of the con, which is Yotsubato going to Yen Press. Yay! Wow. Yay. One of the nice things about Yen, besides just the fact that they're publishing it at all, is that the quality of their books is good, and they're very good at marketing. I mean, they're part of Hachette, so they've got the muscle to really push this out, um, you know, so that I think they'll bring more people to it. They'll, they'll really enhance the franchise. And I know, you know, they've got six from whenever it's up to volume nine in Japan. They're negotiating with ADV to simply take over the existing volumes one through five, keep the same translation, but they're willing to retranslate it if they can't get that license. So I thought that was I thought that was a great move on their part. I already am making a little mental list of other licenses I want Yen to pick up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think Yotsuba is really popular, like in the sort of the niche of of people that read a lot of manga. Everybody really likes it. It kind of kind of crosses a lot of nobody, you know. Um, Genre-wise, everybody's kind of into it, no matter what right. they like. It's great about it. Do you remember when we interviewed... Um, Kurt Hassan? No. no. <laughs> um, when we interviewed the, the doujinshi artist. Oh, Ryumoto. When we interviewed Ryumoto, we asked him, like, what was his favorite anime, what was his favorite manga that he felt everybody should read, and his favorite manga he felt like should just be explored by the whole international community was Yotsuba. And that has been one manga that people who don't like people who don't like manga, there's manga is crap. People will still read. It's like Akira and Yotsuba. <laughs> and great. I think with with Yotsuba, it's that the art is very accessible. It's actually an adult manga, even though it seems like a kids manga. But also that it's just it's very clean. It's not super stylized. So for someone who's not used to the conventions, it's very easy to get into. And I think Yen hit it like at prime time right as you know as Scott was saying when the industry is starting starting to decline and people you know people have been wanting to get Yotsubata for a while since ADV has has stopped publishing it and uh, they just hit it just the right time when everybody really really wanted it and yeah yeah exactly and they hadn't given up yet yeah Yen Press is just amazing like I I, I I keep on every time I go to one of their panels I just fall more and more in love with them they they only started like just over a year ago, really, Two th like uh, September of 2007 was their first release. And um, a year ago at New York Comic Con, they announced that they were going to do a manga anthology, which was 
unbelievable. That was yeah. so optimistic at the time. But yet the manga has been out for, uh, the anthology Young Plus magazine has been out for several months now, and they're happy with it. It's They're still giving out tons of free copies to everybody. Yeah, the free copies, that's amazing just how much free stuff they give out at that panel. It's a feeding frenzy. They oh, man. Was, I ran out. I ran out so I could post the Yatsuba news so I got no free stuff. But I, I want a hardcover edition of Blackjack on the night before. Can I say a few words about CMX2? Were any of you at the CMX? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What a nice job. CMX, they, they're like sort of unloved. And I they do totally great agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of my favorites. You know, and they got, they got shoved into that off at like 6.45 p.m., but their, their hardcore fans still showed up. But I was sort of impressed by what I saw there. They had a very nice professionally done slideshow. There was a DC VP in there with them. Um, they have a new person handling their PR, a new who's like appears to be for a CMX. So I saw that as a hopeful sign because after Makes got canceled, I was like, oh no, CMX has got to be next. Um, but I think their books are actually doing fairly well. And of course, two, uh, they had a number of books that were put on the um, Young Adult Library Services Association's yes. Great Graphic Novels for Teens list, which um, apparently does boost sales. And, and they sort of deserve that recognition because their production quality is not great, but the books are, the content is is wonderful. In and books. I feel like they're not afraid to pick up, like, they're, I, I feel a lot of other companies don't pick up really short series, like one, two books. What do you want? And yeah, they CMX actually loves, those. loves yeah. those, and I love those. Yeah, that's because, what I like to buy. You know, I like that they pick up four books, five yeah. books, and they pick up a lot by one manga con. They'll take, like, a whole library, yeah. you know, and I think that that's great, and I like that they're trying to sort of brand the manga con, like, oh, if you like this one, well, at the same time, this other one's coming out, why don't you pick it up and you're no, you know, kind that, of. That's how you sell bestsellers in American fiction. You know, like exactly. the author of this. And I, I feel like that doesn't normally happen with manga. It's usually, a lot of times it's just like, you know, something that's popular. doesn't matter if that manga has done something else. It doesn't right. always work. But well, I feel people, I think, don't necessarily recognize the names. Exactly. It's a little tougher. Um, they didn't announce any new titles, but they, they do have a very solid list of books coming out. And I've already read Fire Investigator Nanase, which I'm came really out in January. And that, cool. that's a nice book. I mean, like, nice art, good story. I liked also that they showed a lot of interior art for all of their yeah. books. That was That's just, unusual. that was nice, yeah. you know? Yeah, give you a feeling for the style. And oh. the, one, the one thing I like about TMX is they're fully embracing Twitter. They, they are, like, oh, yeah. the manga company that's on Twitter. They have uh, one of their top people. Um, they don't update so frequently. CMX, they will update, and if you ask them questions over Twitter, they will get back to you. They will right. take the time to really listen to that community. And oh, no, I wasn't at the CMX panel, but I will mention they also do license, like they have the black stain because of Tenjo Tenjai, but people tend to ignore the fact that they do license 70s stuff. They did license Swan, and they still right. produce that, and they licensed uh, from Oroika with Love, which I'm pretty sure are titles that the other manga companies wouldn't even like dare look at. And that way they're sort of like vertical. They pick up a lot of yeah. series that most other companies wouldn't look at. It's it's worth noting too that the whole Tensho Tenge thing happened with a different editorial team. I think since Asako and Jim came on, we've seen a different slant. Actually less of the classic shoujo because it's hard to sell. Oh yeah. No. But more of the kind of interesting titles that would kind of slip under the net for other companies. And they've made a commitment not to do that kind of 10-10 thing. So I think, you know, you sort of have to figure, it's been a couple of years they've moved on. It, yeah. it, you know, I always used to say, and it's their best-selling title. Apparently not anymore. It's just been surpassed by Sword of the Dark Ones. Um, 
but uh, I, I think that what we're seeing is a really solid editorial philosophy there. That's amazing how people still like bring up like these these controversies from years ago. This happened at Delray too. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, a, uh, oh, yeah a, a fan like that. asked about the Nagima controversy that you guys like were going to censor. It's like, yeah, we were going to censor it, but we didn't censor <laughs> it five <laughs> years ago. And the guy's question was even weirder because he was like, which of you were involved? It was like oh, some sort yeah. of threat. It was like a controversy <laughs> thing. It's like, black spot appears on their doors and that's it. I'm surprised they still haven't brought up that weird Southern Master, Thousand Master debacle of like, they translated a very easy to misread kanji, and people still remember that. So manga fans hold on to their yeah. grudges. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore fans. Actually, uh, one of the other big announcements we just got back from the Viz panel was the uh, the thing about the Rumiko Takahashi's new manga. Yes. yes. They're going to be releasing it in 2009. We don't even know what so the manga is. So it has to be it. simultaneous, because, yeah. yeah, that's crazy that they could do that. Um, yeah, this had actually been, ANN has written a little bit about the manga. Yeah. So I'm actually just going to pull that up now. They actually oh, sure. don't say anything about what yeah. it's about. But, but, but. <laughs> Alan had a good uh, idea of what it would be about. <laughs> oh, uh, my theory is it's probably going to have a boy and a girl and they're in love with each other, but they don't want to admit it. And they kind of fight a lot. Really? <laughs> and there'll probably be other people who like them. And they'll be involved in wacky kind of, what do you call it, trying to win them both. And, and you know, it'll be unique the, to the her form. The boy sees the girl naked all the time and she hits him on the head. Right. Um, and, uh, what do you call so it? not breaking any new ground is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't think that. But still, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be popular. I mean, yeah. Almost everything she does is being popular. And I buy everything she does. So, you know, <laughs> I'm the sucker they're marketing to. Oh, and also, even though, like, nobody else is excited, I have to say that Viz picked up Natsuma Yujincho, which is, like, one of my current favorite things that's going on in Japan. It's currently running, and it's really, really great. So I, that was probably my most exciting license of the convention. Some of the tough things I... Moving to the anime side of things, I'm I'm the big digital distribution guy, <laughs> and for many many years I've been saying Bandai needs to go online. That is like their Achilles' heel at the moment. That's holding them back is that they refuse to go online, and if they do, they do it the wrong way. They they overcharge for things. So yesterday Bandai finally announced that they were going to experiment with YouTube. And that they were finally opening themselves up to doing new things. So I thought actually, that, that the was the great thing about that was their, uh, their in their panel, they actually like, the, they, they surveyed actually surveyed us like who wants to watch it on YouTube, right? What series would you like? What what series and uh, sub or dub? Which is great, you know, not just so, deciding what people want, asking. What they are finally want. opening themselves up, and Viz, um, they. I picked up on this. They have this new um, concept with their Naruto because, of course, they're now streaming Naruto on Naruto.com illegally the same week that it premieres in Japan. But I figure, like, what's going to convince people to still watch these things legally online when they can still get it illegally? So Viz is setting up this contest that if you watch it on their website, you answer a trivia question, and then you could win prizes. I think that's a great initiative to get people to finally open up to the legal ways of doing things when they're so used to doing things illegally for many years. Now, uh, in terms of anime, I don't know if you picked up on this. Uh, 
I think I was talking to Kate about it before, in both the Bandai and Funimation panels, they both almost said the exact same quote, that single-volume DVD releases have gone the way of the dodo. Right. It's interesting. It's just, yeah. I mean, we've sort of seen that slowly happening, but to see both of those companies in the same day acknowledge it in the exact same way, and it's a bit of a commentary on where... There's a lot of things I think are going the way of the dodo at this point with the anime industry. I... Yeah, DVDs I, I, at all. The problem is going to be how do you pick that right thing to package and sell to the American audience? Because I think even things like that seem to be like guarantee hits, like Gurren Lagann, and um, and like Lucky Star. Lucky Star did not do well for Bandai. You know what does well? It's Afro Samurai. It's Dragon Ball. It's all these things that you never expect to have like a huge otaku because they kind of reached beyond the otaku following at that point so a lot of things are going the way of the dodo i think dvds in general will be going the way of the dodo personally soon. i don't buy brand new 20 dollar anime dvd releases i buy box sets I, you know i buy stuff when it's older like it's just that that twenty dollar DVD, especially for a long series, is just too much. I might do it for a movie, but that's it. But the one thing that um, Art Spiegelman said in his keynote at the um, ICV two conference um, is that when when all media is going digital, especially like even um, even print media is going like to Kindles and everything, the yeah. the graphic novel will still remain on paper because you just can't um, replicate that feeling. That feeling. Turning the page. Right. But I think the model, and I think you're seeing a similar model in anime actually to what's going on with non-manga, with the, the Western comics right now, especially with Diamond cutting, uh, you know, increasing their minimums, is that the, the model of you buy the, the monthly or the weekly pamphlet comics and then those get mm -hmm. compiled into a trade, which is your end product, is going. And it's become very expensive to make paper comics and it's now becoming difficult to distribute them as well. So the new model is that you have a webcomic that goes to a trade. Mm -hmm. So a, a, a dead tree book is still your end product. It's still going to be printed on paper, but what brings in the readers, how do people know about it, that is happening on the web. And it sounds like something similar is going, and, and the model that they quote is TV shows. TV shows, you watch them for free on TV, and then you get the, the box, box set, set yeah. and it looks, sounds like uh, something, I don't actually watch anime, but it sounds like that's a similar thing. That's been the problem on. with anime for a web. long time, that people, that in Japan they watch it on TV, but here, if we want to keep up with the series, unless we're watching it illegally, we, do, we have to find yeah, the DVDs no as they option. come out. And they're because phenomenally not, expensive. They're not. De those shows aren't designed to be released in that way. Okay. Yeah. But that's interesting. It, it, do we really think that we're going to see a lot of e-manga, like anytime no. in the future? Manga is sold in Tankoban format. It's a good deal. I mean, you can get a yeah. volume of Naruto for seven ninety nine, which is just amazing for two hundred pages, and it gives you a satisfying chunk of story. So I don't think that problem exists in manga. Right. When you're talking about American comics, you're talking about 24 pages or they're going to raise the price to three ninety nine. Mm -hmm. And I think when you 